Welcome to Next Week Tonight. Hello, welcome to Next Week Tonight, presented by Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Joshua, and the show is Next Week Tonight. We keep you a week ahead of the competition. What does that mean? Well, after this week one games, you're going to be setting all your waivers. You're going to be making free agent auction bids, going after all the big players, trying to react. And you're going to pay a cost to do that. You're going to have to pay up either in your waiver position or in your, your free agent auction money. But we're trying to get you ahead of that. So when I say next week tonight, I don't mean week one. I mean week two. In case you didn't see the title of the show you clicked on, tapped on, whatever, this is next week tonight, week two. Because we're going to be talking about week two, not this week's games, but the next week's. Next week tonight, that's it. So if you're new with us this year, welcome. We don't just talk about breakouts. We also talk about streamers that are coming up so you can set yourself up with those ads ahead of time so you're already prepared. But yes, we talk about breakouts before they happen. Make sure that you have them before everyone else. So your opponents every week are going to go to their waiver wire. They're going to look for the player who had a big big breakout weekend and they're going to find that you already picked them up Saturday night. That's right. That's what we're trying to do here. We also talk about trades. Uh, maybe a player has a bunch of good games schedule-wise or tough games coming up. So we talk about players to be either be a buying, trying to go get, or players you want to try and get rid of now at while well, their price is still high, right? So that's what we do here on next week tonight. In these episodes, we're going to be trying to get you all of the upcoming breakouts to add streamers for the following week and trades to be making right up front. And then actually in the second half of the show, we're going to be going over the following, the, the previous show's results. I'm putting that back end so you don't have to wade through it. You can get right to this week's stuff at the beginning. But it is useful to hear about what worked or what didn't with some of these calls, especially for the breakouts, because a lot of these breakouts, they end up being breakouts, I just picked the wrong week. And so it's still good to know about them. It's still good to reflect on what worked or what didn't. So there's a lot of good information still. Obviously, this is the first week, so we don't have anything to look back on. But just for future reference, that's what we're going to be doing. And first part of the show is going to be getting right to business. Who do you want to pick up? Who are you going to stream? Who are you going to trade? And then we're going to look back and see what happened or the results last year, uh, last week. Every Friday night, I'm going to be trying to get this video out. It's pre-recorded, edited, and all of that, as you can see. But we're going to be trying to get this out Friday night somewhere, hopefully around 10 Eastern. So you can try have something a little bit to, to count on. So look forward to that. We don't just talk about week two. We will when we talk about streamers, but... Before that, we need to talk about breakouts from week one. So we do have to predict what happened in week one. So let's talk about it. First off, I think it's going to be pretty clear for some of these players that people have had a little bit of hesitation on that they're going to jump out in value pretty quickly here. All right. One of those I'm thinking about is 
James Robinson playing against the Houston Texans. That team as a whole is in shambles. I think I don't think it's a good game for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville passing game. I think it's a pretty ugly game, but I think it's a lot of volume for James Robinson, and everyone's going to see and be reminded why he was running back seven last year. Yes, he had a lot of volume, but it, it was an unusually high share, but the actual quantities were not crazy, even though the team did not run very much. So the passing volume, the rushing volume, thanks to Urban Meyer, can all increase on the Jaguars, and James Robinson can still put up the numbers he had last year, even sharing more of the work with Carlos Hyde or whoever else. And I'm not really... uh, I'm not really scared of Carlos Hyde. I'm not sure why anyone would be. Carlos Hyde is like the running back kingmaker. Everyone who's on the team with Carlos Hyde ends up being good and having a great year. Go all the way back to Chubb. Anyway, it's it's kind of a funny history if you go back, look through. Even his time in Jacksonville before with Fournette, right after he was traded from the Browns, which may paved the way for Chubb, and then Fournette did fine. So look, everywhere Carlos Hyde goes, you want the other running back because whoever they are, they do great. All right, it's kind of a, a funny anecdote. There's not much proof to it, but it is a, a funny detail. All right, so that's for running back James Robinson. His value is going to rebound. Uh, we're also looking at Indianapolis playing Seahawks. Now, this is a tough matchup. Especially, we don't know how much Carson Wentz has had time with that offense. So, it's going to be concerning, especially now also missing T.Y. Hilton for at least a few weeks here, probably. That means I think Paris Campbell is a really good value to have stashed on your bench. You don't have to start him, you don't have to flex him, but I do think he's someone who could become the possession receiver on that team. Michael Pittman, a lot of people like. There's a lot of reasons to be wary of Pittman. And look, Pittman can still do fine, but they also will need someone else to be a possession receiver, maybe more in the slot. Paris Campbell can do that. There you go. So you want to stash him before he you know, shows up with nine targets and everyone sees him at the top of the uh, target getters from week one that are available on waivers, and they're going to go chase that volume. So you want to have him on your team now. Let's talk about tight ends. I actually have several tight ends, and you'll notice I'm going to focus on positions and and that that you really are going to need help with because it's much more likely you've faded tight end or quarterback than running back and wide receiver. And it's going to be really hard to find the breakouts at these positions. Obviously, we're talking right now about good players that you're not going to be picking up always on waivers. So some of these, like James Robinson, are going to be trade targets. They're going to be players that you are going to want to get in on now before their value goes up. All right, so that's the point in bringing it up. If I bring up a player and you're like, he's not on waivers, what is this guy talking about? It's because I'm not just talking about waivers. We're talking about shifts and changes in player values and perceptions among your league. You can have that understanding about that player and what they're really worth now and pay the appropriate cost. And then later they'll figure out that, oh, he was worth more. All right, so 
we already talked about Paris Campbell, James Robinson, but to tight ends, look, Hayden Hurst in Atlanta, he's going to be way more involved than people are are hoping or thinking. Kyle Pitts can still do fine. They're probably really excited about having Kyle Pitts, but look, Atlanta's playing the Eagles. I don't expect their defense to be great. And I could easily see a game where Pitts attracts a lot of attention, but Hurst, he's been there. He's a year in. I didn't really like him last year, but but he now has a whole year in the system. He's with Ryan. As far as familiarity with targets, it's Calvin Ridley and then Hayden Hurst for Matt Ryan. So I do expect Hayden Hurst to still be far more involved than people were thinking. And again, that doesn't mean that Pitts... Look, Pitts wasn't going to take Julio Jones' work and Hayden Hurst's work. He was not going to do that. I don't think he hurts Hayden Hurst much at all. He doesn't change his value much at all. I'm going to see Hayden Hurst was right around tight end 10 last year. He could easily repeat that tight end 12. He can have some touchdown games. This could easily be one of those. Next thing I want to talk about is a stash you want to have if you have room. Jawan Johnson with the Saints. Adam Troutman is a little beat up. Still looking for confirmation on exactly what his condition is, but last we heard a week plus ago is that he avoided serious injury in that last preseason game that also knocked out um, some other players. But for Jawan Johnson, he is a converted receiver to tight end, athletic, big. He's an interesting player, and he's someone who you're going to find out about real quick. Either this is a breakout player or you're going to be dropping him in a couple weeks and you're not going to feel bad about it. But that also means you can't wait and see with that kind of player. So you want to go get him right now, stash him when he has a big week. Great. If he doesn't, oh well. you know. So this is the kind of player you want to have now. Uh, last one, I want to say same thing for Donald Parham with the Chargers. I know everyone is expecting Jared Cook, the veteran they signed over there. But things weren't sounding really positive for Jared Cook in preseason and in camp. Meanwhile, Parham is one of these big athletic guys who came on a little bit at the end of last year, so he has experience with Justin Herbert. And I think that he could be a player to really develop throughout the season. Like, this guy was... He finally broke out in the Alliance League, whatever that Alliance Football League. I can't never remember the exact title of that league. But he broke out as a big star in that league a year after failing to make the team with the Lions as an undrafted free agent. But before that, I knew who he was, and I was hoping someone like the Patriots or my Patriots were going to draft him, and it didn't work out. But he came from a lesser division. Those kind of players often need time to develop so his trajectory is absolutely perfect and exactly what we want to see um, after making it back into the NFL, getting a spot, and then earning playing time at the end of last year. And with the new young quarterback. So it's a perfect position with the Chargers for him to really step up and be the second, third uh, receiving option on that team. Plus, we just heard tonight Austin Eckler a little beat up, maybe a hamstring. So, it, you know, Eckler might be the player who would be ahead of him 
on priority list for targets to push Parham down to fourth target priority. But with Eckler out now, he definitely has room to move up. And even if for the season, when Eckler's back, that goes back down for week one here, he could be a value, somebody you want to stash, even possibly stream. Um, the, the Chargers, unfortunately, are playing Washington. Uh, they have a pretty good defense. But a little bit counterintuitively, sometimes the good defenses result in good results for the tight end. So if they focus on shutting down Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and so on, that's going to actually leave Donald Parham as being the target to go to that the defense isn't holding up as much. And he's, like I said, a big guy. I believe he's something like 6'7", tall guy. So it's perfect kind of guy to beat matchups, even against a good defense. So I really like Donald Parham week one. Okay. Another week one running back that I think is an interesting guy to have stashed. He might be a kind of flex-worthy streamer, especially come bye weeks is Giovanni Bernard playing against Dallas Cowboys week one first game. In fact, I don't know if you'll even have this information in time if I can get the video out, but it's an interesting one, an interesting guy to keep an eye on to stash. He could have value in the receiving game, PPR league. So just someone to keep an eye on, especially in a game like this that could be high scoring close. They could end up having him on the field a lot more than Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. Finishing up talk about week one, an interesting player would like to keep an eye on is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. The Chiefs are playing the Browns week one, which we'll talk about here in a moment, but that's not a great matchup for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It's not. And in fact, I don't think this is a game that's going to be a good game for running backs on either team. However, that's going to hurt Clyde Edwards' value. And I could see a scenario where the people who are already insecure or already worried about Clyde Edwards' hilaire are going to see this game and they're going to be disgusted. They're going to throw their hands up and say, ah, shoot. He's not any good. All right. I think it's going to be a product of the matchup. Probably the pace of the game. I could have this completely wrong. It could go the other way. Sometimes we see that in these games, especially early in the season. You think they're going to be high scoring, and they're actually really low. It could go a couple different ways. But I think confidence, I should say, in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might be at an all-season low after this week one. So if you do like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I don't dislike him, I think he belongs right around running back 15. I think that's just where he is. He's fine. He's got good volume on a good team. And his red zone issues could easily regress positively. Um, it's very weird usage last year. Bell is out of the way. So I really like his chances to improve as the season goes on. So if you want to go after a running back one, borderline running back one, running back two starter, you're a little weak at the position, maybe other injuries, he's someone who I would target here. Maybe even, maybe even lay the seeds, right? Go plant the seeds. Go talk to that guy about, hey, are you interested in trading Clyde Edwards at all? 
You know, I'm looking for, be honest, you know, tell them they can see where your team is at. If you've had injuries, tell them, look, I need to trade for a running back. I'm interested in that. Try to figure out something and what they're worth. Figure out a deal you're comfortable with. After he has a bad game week one, go back to him, make the proposal, say, look, I'm willing to take a chance on this guy. I really need a running back and see what they say. All right. So that would be the kind of player who would be willing to trade. Well, that's always difficult to say in the abstract. Um, I, I'd be willing to trade a running back that is of a lower level. Someone like, say, a Chris Carson, one for one, maybe plus a, a third round kind of value in a dynasty. If we're talking redraft you're probably going to have to be doing a positional trade here so hopefully the player who has him the the manager that has him on their team can do without him entirely uh, but it's a lot more difficult in redraft to make those kind of trades happen but I'd be, I'd be looking to move kind of a borderline running back too for like a Melvin Gordon and then a receiver as well or tight end or something like that package two players together and go get him that's how I'll be trying to do it. Hopefully that's a little bit more helpful without being too specific. Uh, hit me up with your emails, fusionffb at gmail.com, social media at fusionffb on Twitter, and um, my DMs are open. Hit me up with questions. Let me know specific scenarios, and I can hopefully be a whole lot more helpful. Okay. More week one and then week two wide receivers you're going to want to look at are the rookies, but the unheralded rookies, often forgotten rookies, Elijah Moore with the Jets, really like his opportunity. And then also Nico Collins down there with Houston playing the Jacksonville week one. And he may have a, a pretty high target share I could see coming his way. They have a lot of investment. There's not a lot of other talent around. So he's going to have the opportunity. Hopefully he takes advantage of it. But these are exciting players that you want to have on your teams. Um, rookies are hit or miss. So they may not do much. But sometimes we, we know what happens with some of these rookies. We saw Justin Jefferson. Didn't even have a good beginning of the season. But I do like Elijah Moore, Nico Collins, as two guys to keep an eye on here early in the season. Um, good matchups for both of them. Week two is going to be a little rough for Nico Collins against the Browns, but week one against Jacksonville. And then for Elijah Moore, it's going to be the Carolina Panthers in week one. And um, in week two, it's going to be the Patriots. But again, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a tough matchup. But week one... It, is going to be their time. So that's why I'm saying you want to have them stashed now. Those are the best matchups. I almost forgot another forgotten rookie wide receiver, Diami Brown, somehow still slipping through. He's right in the same category with Nico Collins as a rookie who has opportunity. Now, not as high target share probably as Nico Collins, but on Washington playing some bad defenses. And Curtis Samuel is not looking great. Did come back to practice after some kind of strain, but not necessarily looking great. And he hasn't looked great in Rivera's system before. He had his best system when Rivera left. He had his best year last year after Rivera left. So 
Diami Brown with an aggressive quarterback like our favorite Fitzmagic, right, could be very interesting as kind of a dynamic uh, partner to Terry McLaurin. So interesting boom play in Diami Brown. The Chargers, who they're playing, decent, pretty good defense usually, at least while they're healthy. Um, but they are going to have a lot of games against some bad defenses in that NFC East division. So a lot of potential there. Maybe not someone you have to have week one, but especially if Curtis Samuel is limited, this might be his best chance to grab some playing time and hopefully can carry forward into the season. Now this week, we're kind of bridging the gap between week one and week two because one hadn't happened yet, but we didn't have a show specifically for week one either. Kind of already did with my last show. We talked about players that were values, players that were mistakes. Make sure you check that one out on podcast. Also, this, if you didn't notice, is going to be on the podcast form too. Sorry if I didn't mention that. So if you can't just watch YouTube, don't worry. It's on the podcast stream as well. Fusion Fantasy Football. Look for it wherever you get your podcasts. So a lot of the players I talk about and I've already talked about are players that have value as streamers in multiple weeks. And you're going to find I try to do that a lot. I try to look for players that don't just have one week value, but they have a chunk of good games, good matchups. So that's why it's really worth going out and holding them up and using that roster spot even a week ahead of time. It's going to be really worth it. So someone like the Browns is going to be a team, a defense that you could hold on to and use in other weeks. They have other good matchups. It's not just the Texans week two. Also, we talked about some of these tight ends. They have good matchups coming up. So we talked about Atlanta and Hayden Hurst. Week two matchup against Tampa. High octane offenses, we hope. So could be a lot more scoring. Similar, Dallas, which is funny because Dallas and Tampa Bay play week one. Well, guess who Dallas is playing week two? The Chargers, Donald Parham again. So a lot of these guys, especially these tight ends we talked about, are going to be good options for you going forward for multiple weeks so if they hit it's not necessarily going to be just a one week thing so that's what we try to look for here sorry if i don't always think about remember to mention that but just do know that is part of the process as we're doing this that i look for streaming options that are good for more than just the one week we can look multiple games out you know the 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 Falcons have a great schedule overall, especially early on, because they play the Giants week three. I'm looking at it right now. Um, the Chargers play Kansas City then in week three. So, like, the options for these players, they're going to be in situations in games where they're going to have to score points with the offense. If they're involved in that offense, they're going to have a good chance of being productive. So that's why we're looking at a lot of these guys for more than just the one week. So I already brought them up as week one, but they're really also my week two streamers because I know that they are not on a lot of teams. All right, so that's why I bring those guys up. It's a little weird this week, maybe a little unclear with the week one to two distinction because I'm trying to bridge that gap into week two. Next week, when we do week three, it's going to be a lot more clear. We're going to be looking just at week three. We're going to have 
clearly what happened in week one. And we already have covered this week the week two matchups. So I won't need to cover quite as much. But this week I'm kind of also mentioning the week one games a lot more. This week's games a lot more than I normally would. Normally that would be part of the second half of the show and the recap. And that's also, but there's some value there. And that's why it's still going to be worth watching or listening to to talk about this week's games too. But the primary purpose of the show is going to be keeping you that whole week ahead. That's why this week is unusual. So don't worry. In future weeks, we're going to be jumping straight into the next week primarily. All right, so for week two, we're going to talk about week two now. Streamers. For quarterback, you could actually do worse than Teddy Bridgewater because they're playing Jacksonville Jaguars, and I don't think their defense is going to be is not going to be very good. So, Teddy Bridgewater, not exciting, but you could do a whole lot worse as a streamer in case you have some injuries and other things. We just talked a moment ago about the Kansas City and Browns Week One matchup. I don't think anyone wants to be starting the Browns defense against the Chiefs week one. So there's going to be a lot of situations coming up in the next couple days as people try to get their lineup set. Maybe they drafted the Browns in the draft last round, second to last round, whatever, you know, because they're a solid defense. People know that. But the people aren't always thinking about week one matchup. But once they figure out they're playing the Chiefs, they might be dropping them. So what you can do is stash them now because they have some good matchups coming up, especially in week two against the Texans, who we will be targeting all year long with our defenses because their offense is not good. It's not going to be good. So that's who you can go after as a defense streamer for week two to target and stash if you have an extra bench spot. I'd much rather you stash some of these other players but sometimes you got a strong team and you just need some good options to bounce between maybe even two teams' defenses to bounce between. And it's got a really good option for the Browns if they can be one of them for the, the season. All right. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me for the first 2021 episode of Next Week Tonight, Week 2. Hope you join me again in future weeks. Hope you could follow this a little bit cut up and edited as I pull together a lot of different takes I've had throughout the week. Next week, same thing. Try to get it out Friday nights for you so you can look forward to that on YouTube and in the podcast. So if you have any questions, follow me on Twitter at FusionFFB. I will often be posting players to, to be thinking about, to be looking at. Um, like I already mentioned, Austin Eckler, a little hurt hamstring maybe. So Justin Jackson is actually going to be the running back you'll want to have there. I mentioned that before talking about Donald Parham, but if this becomes something that stretches out longer, Justin Jackson has proved to be the backup there in the one-for-one the one kind of role replacement. I'm not going to say that Joshua Jackson or even Roundtree aren't going to be more involved and then they would with Eckler there. But Jackson, I expect to be the primary replacement. So that's somebody you might want to stash if you're on a running back needy team, deep league, whatever it is. All right. So things like those late-breaking information, that's where you're going to want to follow me on Twitter. 
and get all the updates as they come in, even up to game time. So thank you guys. Give me a follow on YouTube if you're listening. Subscribe on your podcast. Give me a follow on social media. And check out the website, fusionffb.com, for all the rankings and things like that. Not going to have much weekly content other than next week tonight on the site. But, uh, hey, maybe someone out there wants to help me out with that. I'd love to do a write-up about the show so you can even read some of these takes. But we'll see if I have time for that. Maybe someone can help me out with it. We'll see. Have a good week, guys, and we'll see you next time.